Welcome to Mom Fashions. This is Emily. Join me for a special season as we search for a new co-host and meet lots of interesting women while we discuss the beauty and the burden of motherhood. This is Mom Fashions. Episode 88, Reducing Holiday Stress. Hello, Mom Fashions listeners. It's Emily again, and it is time to talk about a very sensitive and very important topic, and that is stress around the holidays. Now, we are, of course, by the time it's published, we're talking about like the holiday season that happens at the end of our year. But this episode is going to be applicable to any like holiday season that you will experience in, in the 12 month calendar. I know there are a ton of holidays that also happen um, in the spring, like for a variety of like different faiths and just like cultural things that happen. Um, there are just birthdays that we will also lump into this category as well. But the 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 theme of this podcast episode is going to be around the idea of reducing stress and we'll get into it more about expectations and all that stuff when it comes to mom's role in making those holidays happen. So I'm hanging out today with a friend from our Collin County Moms team, Jennifer, and I'm very excited to welcome her for the first time ever to the Mom Fashions podcast. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Okay, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you want all these stressed out women to know about you? So first of all, uh, my husband and I have been married for 15 years. Uh, we're both native Texans um, and keep moving north. And we've been in McKinney for about 14 years. I am a mom of two. I have a first grade girl and a fifth grade boy. And uh, it's a little bittersweet for me this year because it's our last oh, year in the same school ever. Yes. So um, I do spend a lot of my time um, at their activities. Um, professionally, I spent 15 years in corporate America um, in retail and e-commerce, so I probably also have a little PTSD about holidays uh, from that because if you've been in those jobs, it, it requires word, a lot extra during the holiday season. The usually. word shopping comes to mind. <laughs> yes, um, but I'm actually currently in a career transition, and I'm in training to become a certified ADHD life coach, um, which was influenced by my own personal experiences um, with my family. Um I guess this, about me, uh, my husband and I love to travel um, internationally without our children, uh, and um, I love to work out, hang out with friends. Um, I'm a perfectionist, I'm a warrior, and I'm a recovering people pleaser, as I like to say it, which is probably a good segue into what we're going to talk about <laughs> yes, today. Yes. I know, just in your intro, I'm like, okay, we have some follow-up episodes here on, uh, we'll talk about stress of having kids in different school locations. I am a two-year veteran of that, and I can tell you, wow. Um, we can also talk about uh, your ADHD coaching and, uh, and everything, the advocating you've done for your family. And uh, hello, my name's Emily. I'm a perfectionist, too. So this is going to be a smashing conversation, and we have more to come, I think. Okay, so you wrote an article for our Collin County Moms website, and of course, I'm going to put a link to that in our show notes. Um, but we're going to talk about it, and then some, in this episode. The article was titled, Three Tips for Reducing Holiday Stress and Navigating the Busy Season. So... Like the first question I'm going to ask you a little bit on the spot 
is what kind of prompted you to write this? It is Momfessions, after all. You do have to confess something. So um, as a kid, I grew up with family um, really living really close uh, geographically um, and also a child of divorce. So holidays were usually spent at gathering at at least two or three households Mm -hmm. um, within a couple-day window. Um, I also grew up in a really tight-knit Southern family um, where every holiday was like a 30-, 40-person family reunion um, with really strong traditions um, of who did what every year and how things operated. Um, so when I got married, it was really emotional experience for me um, to have to change my holiday patterns and mm-hmm. share time and alter mm-hmm. traditions. Like my in-laws, um, they don't do turkey on Thanksgiving or things like that were just really um, eye-opening for me. But um, I adjusted. Um, and then when we had our first child, I started realizing that I wanted to build my own traditions. Right. Um, I loosened, adjusted you know, expectations again. And fast forward when I had my second, and it kind of just became too much Mm -hmm. and um you know it always sneaks up on me every year um even if you enjoy it there's just a lot of pressures and um I personally hit burnout and overwhelm really easily and quickly if I don't have a good handle on things yeah I remember and I'll put a link for this too we have um an episode I think it was from the very first year of mom visions and it was called something along the lines of moms make the holidays happen or something like that and so I have this maybe core memory. I don't know how long it will stay living in my head, but of, I don't know. I don't know what age it was, but like when I had like, you know, toddler age and I'm standing in my dining room and I'm trying to do this thing. Like, you know, it's, it's really around the Christmas holiday. And it was just dawned on me. Like I felt if I was a cartoon, it would have been a light bulb that all of the magic for whatever holiday it is, if it's a birthday, um, we uh, practice the Christian religion. So, you know, Easter and Christmas are big. Doesn't mean anything. July 4th, Thanksgiving, Halloween. Like, I am the ringmaster of the magic, right? And not as a derogatory statement to my husband, who also does participate. But in our family dynamic, like, all of that planning and organization and sometimes execution I do delegate um comes from me and then it was in the next thought a recognition of what all the women who were part of my life what all that they did like you know in your case like to make those family reunions happen to make that you know like all those things happen because people are giving of themselves like you know to make happen so I oscillate myself in wanting as a perfectionist you know wanting it to meet whatever ideal I've set in my head it may not be anybody else's ideal like but it's mine and I'm all I always say that like somehow in December we turn into these like super machines because we do everything we normally do plus all this other extra like how does it it happens every December but I don't know how yeah, um, I think that's the challenge is that we just keep layering it on we don't ever take anything off right yeah <laughs> yeah so let's dive into the article and we are going to talk openly and candidly about reducing holiday stress for all you moms out there your number one point is adjust expectations so flesh that out for us a bit sure 
So um, I love that there are so many more conversations happening around mental load now. Um, and I think it's really important to look at where those come from. Like you mentioned, are we putting those on ourselves? You know, did they come from our family? Are we getting them from social media, like what we see on, you know, TikTok? So um, I, I really found a new kind of way to think about expectations recently, and it's using the word anticipations. And I think that's a really interesting yeah. way to look at it. It's really just like, you know, what you're anticipating, what you um, think is coming up, what's going to happen. Um, so, um, but we do impose a lot of those on ourselves. Um, and I think we just need the reminder sometimes to that they aren't reflections on us as parents or the, the host of the event or whatever. And it's also not our responsibility to meet everybody else's expectations. Yeah. So, um, so I had a um, experience a few years ago um, when my second was little and I attended a women's event um, by a marriage and family counselor and she had us do some exercises and questions um, and she um, fortunately I can't find the original exercise but I like to summarize it by asking a few questions to look deeper at why we do what we do and if we want to keep doing it so um, the three questions um, that I think really help us evaluate um, kind of where our traditions and, and expectations come from are um, what was your favorite past holiday and why, um, or birthday or whatever event? Um, what holds the most significance to you during that event? And what's your priority, top priorities? And then what activities do you genuinely, genuinely want to engage in, whether that's the big events or even just small moments? Um, and uh, so I feel like those asking yourself those questions will really help you get a good handle. And um, I asked um, you know, my kids after this event, um, and my, my husband, I asked them um, for Christmas, for example, what was their favorite um, holiday tradition? Like what means Christmas to them? And I expected, you know, had all these ideas in my head of what they were going to answer. And their answers are really simple. It was like, want to put up a Christmas tree and just one tree, by the way, because I know a lot of people put up multiple trees. Um, <laughs> and um, my kids want to put on like pajamas and have cocoa and go drive around and look at the neighborhood lights. So I was spending all this time and energy booking nutcracker tickets and Santa breakfasts and um, just really bending over backwards of things that I thought were going to make those magical moments and memories. And when they remembered the previous year, it was the quieter things or, you know, a, a lot simpler. So I yeah. realized I should start saving a lot of my energy and money um, and really just pray prioritizing a few key things is the whole notion of like the shift that happens in expectations as well it's one thing to have them for your own family but other people have expectations of you in the holidays and I think um around those big transitionary milestones like you mentioned when you got married and then his expectations and traditions and his family kind of enter your holiday picture that that happens again whenever you add children but it also happens when other participating members of you have siblings and you know and like how kind of that continues to change um is navigating those outside expectations as well and that can kind of trickle into you know what we're talking about in the next section about healthy boundaries um so how do you kind of like mesh your your own expectations with the expectations of others and do it in a the key word I think is healthy. <laughs> so we all know the holidays and family issues. So go. Yeah. Um, so I think um, 
you first have to identify and think about, like we just talked about, what are your goals and values? Um, and then what interferes or get in the way, gets in the way. Um, and then even like we talked about, whose opinions do you really value? Um, and then that's when you need to make some rules, if you will, to protect your peace. So I love Brene Brown's definition of healthy boundaries. She says it's simply our list of what's okay and what's not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel that, you know, once you, you know what your goals are, then you need to, um, to have that list um, because without really thinking about it or, um, you know, even putting it down on paper, we risk, um, you know, giving our time, energy, even money at the expense of what we're really valuing, which may be more like connection or rest or those kind of things. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so you break it down into a few sections. Um the first, and I would like for you to just kind of like give some of some of these tips, like boundaries for time and space. Sure. So um, when my son was little, um, I was obviously overwhelmed by being a um, new working mother. He was actually born in December, so it was a very, Ooh, yeah. um, you know, very close to uh, the first uh, like Christmas when we usually would get together with a big family gathering. So I would ask family to come to us instead to avoid travel. Um, now that our family is bigger, we have two kids, two dogs, we typically get an Airbnb um, a few miles away when we travel to see family just to have our own space and retreat to. Um, so these are just little things that we feel like kind of protect our um, time and space and energy when we are, um, you know, outside of our norm and, mm-hmm. and celebrating different events. Um, I mean, I think if you have an infant or even like a complex child, like neurodivergent or maybe just a spicy and deeply feeling kid, um, changing any routines or introducing a lot of unfamiliar people can cause emotions to go high. So I think they're essential to have boundaries in this case. Like don't put yourself through that misery and don't accept plans during nap time or, you know, plan Mm -hmm. to leave events early before tantrums or meltdowns arise. Um, so I think, you know, building in, um, rest, quiet is really key. Are you looking for activities for your kids? Maybe sports, art classes, music lessons, STEM activities, and more? Well, good news. We have a giant guide sorted by category so you can find all the options in one place. Check out our show notes to find links to our guide to extracurricular activities in DFW. Um, what about, oh, this is a good one, um, finances. I know personally, even people like in my family and friends, that the pressure to give a certain experience or level of Christmas, whether it's a gift or experiences or even travel, like is so intense that I know many people go beyond their means. So talk about these healthy boundaries for finances. Yeah. Excuse me. I think meaning, um, I mean, obviously setting a budget um, is really important. I know for me, I just keep it really, really simple, but also very anal. Um, coming from my um, background um, in you know, inventory management stuff, I use spreadsheets. So yeah. I make a spreadsheet of what I intend to spend, and then I fill it in as I go and, um, you know, try to, to, to net out at the end. Um, but I think there's also a lot of creative ways. So I think we do feel the pressure, you know, if someone asks us to participate in a gift exchange or, you know, going on a gift at work with coworkers or something, um, we feel a lot of pressure, but there's lots of alternatives. I mean, you can, um, 
you know, draw names. I know mm-hmm. in our family, um, years past, we would do kid only gifts and then they would draw like one cousin to give a gift to, or, um, I mean, it's okay to opt out entirely too. I mean, um, I know, um, even for, um, you know, some, uh, a class gift we did recently, there really only were a few people that contributed, but like we had so much money, we got an amazing gift for the teacher. Mm-hmm. It's okay if everyone doesn't participate. Right. right. Um, so, and then the other cool thing I think is, um, the older my kids get, the more I'm really trying to think about this way is that, um, consider the recipient's love language if you're giving a gift. Oh, that is such so, a good idea. like, why would I splurge on this, like, you know, huge gift that's going to sit in the corner of a room when they, you know, would rather have quality time and I should do the tickets to something. Um, mm-hmm. So just, again, being a little more creative um, and not just doing what you've always done. Yeah, I think those are great, great tips. Um, and it's also okay to say... You know, I was thinking about, because we don't have family that lives nearby, and sometimes you do just have to say no to the travel and to the going if it's not going to fit within whatever your budgetary goals are and or whatever, you, you know, you might want to put your money, like, towards other things for that particular holiday season. Um, just, like, please make that choice and don't put yourself in debt. Okay. Other boundaries, which are just as important, um, would be emotional well-being. This is the tricky one. Yeah, I think this this covers a lot of things. Um, but kind of the way I see it is it could be, um, you know, maybe people that are triggering or topics. Um, I know a lot of people don't like talking politics when they get together mm-hmm. with family. So kind of deciding now what's off limits for you and, and being ready to walk away if that happens. Um I think also kind of expecting the challenging moments will make us a little less disappointed. I know that's one that I consistently feel like I have to relearn. Um, But if you plan for those moments and have, you know, like, okay, I'm going to go for a walk around the block, even though if I'm in somebody else's neighborhood, or I'm going to come home early on Sunday and um, drive back early so I have time to relax and watch a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think those are great, great tips and something that I've practiced as I've gotten older. I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off. I just wanted to interject in that, that having a plan about what you're going to do before you go or before you enter that situation is paramount. Because when you're there, you like you can feel guilty. You can get your own emotions can get caught up in passionate discourse that you should not be having. And so I not only like make a decision or a plan like for myself, but as a family, we kind of discuss it as well. So if I if somebody gets dysregulated, somebody else in the family can step in. It may not always be me. Right. Can step in and say, I think now's the time that like we're going to go for a walk or I think now's the time that we're going to say we have to go or, you know, whatever, like, you know, whatever the plan is. Having your family on the same page and everybody knowing about it has been, you know, helpful. So I cannot emphasize the plan and sharing the plan too much. Yeah, I like what you said about involving your family, though, because that kind of ties into another one of the things that I really think as moms we have to be aware of is also it's not just setting boundaries for yourself. It's for your whole family. So you may have to hold boundaries for your kids like they don't have to, you know, hug the great aunt they see once every once a year or something or you know, and um, so I think that's really important to make sure um, you think about the whole family, too. Yeah. I mean, that's also as well, not even just relationally, but I think as parents, we do have to set boundaries as well for scheduling. 
you know, in considering rest and, and well-being of our kiddos because there is no end of things that they could attend or do um, during holiday seasons. And I think, you know, you have to practice saying no and also protecting their mental well-being of just being overtired and overstimulated um, as well. Yeah. So if you if you ask me what my one boundary that I'm going to really try to hold to kind of a newer newer one for me this year, it ties into that sentiment of rest and kind of going into the season with, um, I know, prioritizing what keeps me at my best. So I finally feel like I've got an exercise routine down and I'm really like going to bed on time and getting rest. So and those are really easy to come off the rails during this time. So that's going to be the one that I'm going to have to hold fast to um, just, you know, to uh, to kind of keep me going. Good. Okay, so I mean, we're so good. Like, we're just naturally tying into the next point, and I did not set that up intentionally. It's about boundaries, about energy. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Yes. So um, as I mentioned, I'm a people pleaser. Um, so I've had to get comfortable just saying no um, to invitations or things I, I thought that I, quote, should do. Right. Um, I know holiday cards was the big one for me that, you know, I tried to do it a few years, and it becomes very strong out because you want to start early because if you plan to do the photo shoot too late then it rains in here and you know you can can't count on the texas weather and so anyway by the time i got them out and stuff it was always so stressful and i finally realized like why am i doing this to myself you know i'm like there's the social media people know what's going on with my family take it off the list so i have scratched that one from the list so if you don't get one for me it's not because i don't love you and think about you it's because i just I'm saying no to it in general. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, saying yes because we want to, not out of obligation or to, mm-hmm. to make other people happy, um, I think is a big one, you know, to set boundaries around your energy. Um, you just have to choose not to do it all. Um, so I think one of the other things um, that I really have has been a game changer for me is outsourcing things. Um, so for years, I felt a lot of guilt and shame over the holidays um, because requiring hosting and cooking and food prep and the like is not one of my strong suits, not even one of my interests. Um, Same girl, (laughs) same. So the older I've gotten, the more I've learned about how my brain works, what my strengths are, the more I've been able to let myself off the hook and let others who do have that passion and strength for cooking and hosting take that over without all the guilt. I don't usually read, but I am going to read this paragraph because I think it's good. The best way to manage expectations and boundaries is to talk openly about them. Others may feel surprised or even hurt by your new boundaries or need repeated reminders. LOL, I added that part. (laughs) But they will adjust. People are less likely to feel disappointed when they know what to expect. So discuss well in advance. Um, For a people pleaser, I am going to go out on a limb and say this could be difficult. Definitely. So I hate conflict. I love keeping the peace. Um, I feel like the older I get, though, the more kids I've had, uh, the more I'm able to hold firm, um, you know, to my values and to prioritize um, myself. Um, But I do think it takes a little planning ahead. It takes some practice, even if like write it out the first time if you really are, you know, that anxious about it. Um, But, um, you know, get your partner on your side. I think um, that's a big one, you know. to, you know, each person can call their own family and friends to communicate plans, um, you know, and don't don't make blame them for it, I guess you could say. Um, but, yeah, I think there's lots of ways to be polite um, and make it about you, 
about yourself, right? They, every therapist will tell you to use I statements. So, you know, I love this, but it was exhausting. I'm trying to lower my stress. So here's, you know, what I'm asking for this, this time. Um, so, um, yeah, I think um, we just have to keep trying. Um, some people will probably be easier and more accepting than others. Um, but um, as long as you have done the exercise and you know which boundaries are non-negotiable, which ones you mm-hmm. are able to be more flexible with, um, then you know I think you'll be more prepared. Um, and I think, again, for the people pleasers, it's okay to just say no and to not have an explanation or have to give any right. any more details about it is, is a hard one to learn. One thing um, that you mentioned as well, I wanted to kind of wrap back in and say, is also the notion of setting. We talked about setting boundaries for your kids, but also setting boundaries and communicating that with your kids. And one way you talk about doing that is their gift list, you know, and they may ask for this and this, but communicating realistic expectations to them. Um, can you talk a little bit more about that and maybe other ways you also, you know, kind of communicate those expectations with your kids? Sure. Um, I think, I mean, I think it depends on the kid's age. Some of them are, it's harder for others. I know, um, even just going into, um, kind of holiday seasons, the kind of gimmies go up and they want to circle everything. And every time you walk in a store, they want to pick up everything. So I think, um, one of the best pieces of advice I've heard is that to, um, to take a picture of, of like your kid holding what they want. Or, um, I make, a, I have a little list in my phone that I kind of just keep a running list. And, um, so it's, it's, you're still validating their feelings and, and what they do, you know, express interest in. And sometimes, you know, I do go back to that. Um, but I think a lot of times those things, um, they don't remember a lot, a lot of right. them. Um, so the, my the kids are still they little. Get, yes, they do. They do. Uh, yes. Um, but I think a lot of it is, um, I mean, if your kids are old enough to kind of talk to them about what you value and what you're wanting to spend your money on, I know a lot of times we tell our kids, you know, in our family, we choose to, you know, spend our money on these trips together, you know, Mm -hmm. where other people may spend their money on these, you know, more extravagant purchases or something. So it's kind of explaining your values to them Mm -hmm. and um, when they're old enough to understand. And I think... I think it does sink in, even if they're resistant at first. No, I think it does, too. Um, you know, kind of giving kids more credit than, than we think. And they can also understand the concept of, like, you know, what your budget, like, is. And you have to think about, um, I mean, you don't have to go into a spreadsheet detail with them. Or you may, if you Jennifer loves a spreadsheet, you're like, kids, sit down. We're going to look at this. Um but my kids certainly understand the expectation and even will, you know, sometimes, you know, like Anna is asking for, um, she really loves sewing and stuff like that. So she's asking for some bigger equipment, like, like embroidering things. And she kind of asks with like, um, a higher pitched voice and a little bit of a grimace, like already knowing that this might not be a reality, um, because of the price tag. But I also think it's a good, it's a teaching opportunity on many levels, budgeting expectations. Do you need this? You know, yeah, I think sometimes they, 
um, I mean, it's a great teaching moment for how much things actually cost yeah. or like, you know, what this is equivalent to. Like, right. Because um, I feel like, I mean, a lot of times they just don't understand. So this is a great, you know, moment to have those conversations. Yeah. And also the whole thing about impulse wanting, like you don't really, you're like, you know, we all hear the stories and my kids have done it a million times. They ask Santa for something and then never play with it. Right. You know, it's like, it's like the impulse or just wanting this or that. But um, I also think particularly as your kids get in elementary school and older, like, okay, well, if this monogramming machine, you know, first of all, do you have space for it in your room? Where would you put it? And if it's not something that's going to fit into the holiday budget, that doesn't mean a no forever, right? So, like, maybe you can ask grandparents for money for Christmas and you could ask for money for your birth. Like how could we then make a plan? This is something you really want. That's not going to fit in our budget because we're not going in debt. Do you hear me? Um, then, you know, you can work towards that. And yeah. I think that's an awesome, I love that an idea. awesome opportunity. We are well. like right at the age of, you know, my son finishing elementary going into middle. So we are looking for all opportunities to work on problem solving and independence. So I love that idea. Yes. Okay. So I have a question. I mean, you and I, we are both more seasoned moms, right? Um, we have, you know, we've been doing this for 10, 11, 12, almost 13 for me years. Uh, um, but what would you say to a new mom who is entering the holiday season for the first time ever? Good question. So um, I think I have two two things I would say. One is to use that new baby as an opportunity. <laughs> so instead of just continuing with how things have always been done, um, you know, trying to fit a new little person into the mix, this is the perfect time to envision what you want your new family's holidays to look like. Um, I think those key life transitions are great moments for that. So you know, you are going to set boundaries um, that you're going to need with a little one who's on their own schedule or maybe a lack of one. Um, if it was like my youngest, um, <laughs> their own demands, their own personality. Um, and it may be uncomfortable at first when you share your new plan with your extended families, but I think it will be so much better in the long run. Um, and this is also the time to think of what those new traditions you want to start for your household are as well. And then um, secondly, I think, you know, we touched on at the end, but be flexible. Maybe this year you do the bare minimum and let others take on, you know, some of, more of the work. Um, and then maybe next year you can take on more. Um, you know, over time, I've realized just how many things can change from year to year. Yeah, that's true. But not mess with the fun, consistent memories over time. Yeah. Um, there's one thing that's floating through my mind that I, I want to mention is an acknowledgement and a nod to the mothers with grown children. And knowing that... Like the flexibility and the boundary setting and the expectations that all of that also applies to you. And I can imagine that, you know, you and I have put like a lot of mental energy and effort and we're always trying to assess and evaluate every holiday season how we can make it go as smoothly as possible. But at some point, our children will set boundaries with us, right? And at some point, we will, you know, have to kind of like open our hands more and go to them and support them with new babies or support them with neurodivergent kids. And I can imagine that there is a grief to that. You know, like you, like what's it going to be like when we're at that phase? And there are women listening now 
who are at that phase. But I think all these tips can just like apply as we grow and evolve in motherhood and maybe one day grandmotherhood um, of, you know, having those expectations and really focusing on what matters to you and respecting what matters to your family members too. Yes, I love that. And big shout out to my mom and all of the other women because I think, uh, you know, if they've raised me to be strong and independent and be able to make these choices and, um, you know, move forward um, with all that they've taught um, and instilled in me. So lots of great memories and gratitude. So um, I I really appreciate you um, bringing up this topic. Uh, We, you know, again, the article we will link to. But I hope that everyone listening to this doesn't now turn this into a list of things that they should do, right? That's, that is counterintuitive what we're doing. We're wanting to just toss out tips and ideas. Not all of them may apply to you, but some of them may. And it's to give like you freedom to acknowledge that this is a stressful time. You're not crazy. You're not somehow less than because you're not able to float through the holidays unscathed. No No person, no parent is floating through unscathed. That's not like reality. Don't believe the Instagram post. Um, And just to have some freedom to look at these things about adjusting your expectations, setting boundaries, and just go easy. Give yourself the gift of going easier on yourself this holiday season. Yeah, I think, you know, even if having some difficult conversations or having to think a little bit, you know, more pre-planning is a little challenging. It's better than, you know, being exhausted or resented at the, at the end of it. Right. So it's a trade-off, um, you know, for us to have more joy and, um, you know, less stress during the holidays. Well, on that note, happy holidays, everyone. (laughs) Happy holidays. As always, visit fwmoms.com to see the notes from this show, including links to products and content mentioned in this episode. And one more time, just in case you missed it, fwmoms.com. Bill Media.